0: With cybersecurity becoming more complex and the threats even more dangerous, knowing what to do to protect yourself can seem like an impossible task. That is until now. Welcome to the Cyberbytes Podcast, where we help you filter through the noise one bite at a time. Well. Good morning, this is Nick Sturgeon, your host, and let me turn that down just a little bit. I love that intro music, it just gets me really pumped up to do the show every time I listen to it. As I said, I'm Nick Sturgeon, I am your host. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cyber Bytes program. Well, the election is done. Well, sort of. <laughs> If you are a political junkie this last week and a half ish since the election or at least the voting <laughs> has been done, it, it's been a really interesting time. You know, as of now, the media it has called the election for Biden. And of course, Trump has not conceded yet, which depending on who you listen to, he should or maybe he shouldn't, you know. I'll leave that for you. I, I did not vote for Trump. I have no problem admitting that. I did not vote for Biden either. So as a libertarian, card-carrying libertarian, you know, I'm just sitting back and just kind of enjoying the chaos and watching the, the political world burn because <laughs> it makes for good, entertaining podcasts. So I'm just like, ooh, what can I get? What can I talk about on the show? Uh, and also listening to local talk radio, it's it's always good to, to hear both sides of that. And, and I am enjoying it, though in, in reality, you know, we'll see what happens as a small government and, you know, third-party supporter. Having both the major political parties not doing anything is actually, you know, to me, a good thing. Let them fight and focus on each other and they're not, messing up life for the rest of us. So, uh, you know, I, and I've said this, especially when I was way more politically focused on this podcast in the previous version, you know, if you're hoping that the president is going to save your, your life and whatever is in your immediate circle, I'm sorry, that's, that's not where I want to be. I want to have that control for myself, have that responsibility for myself and the consequences of that either way, because it's on me to be successful. And if I fail, that's on me too. And that's okay. It's okay to fail. I'm hard work and picking yourself back up is not a bad thing anyway, but really kind of where I want to, to take this show is the cybersecurity element kind of from, from the aftermath. And, and just yesterday, there was a joint statement that was pushed out. And this is on CESA.gov's website. Also, I've got a news clip from Fox 59, the local Fox affiliate here in central Indiana. Yeah, we'll play that, talk about it. But the, the small press release on CESA's website is... For Washington, the members of the Election Infrastructure Government Coordinating Council, C- GCC Executive Committee, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, Assistant Director Bob Klosky, U.S. Elections Assistant Commission Chair Benjamin Hovland, National Association of Secretary of State, (NAS) N-A-S-S, President Maggie uh, Trulos-Oliver, National Association of State Election Directors (NASED) President Lori Agino and S. Es- and I'm going to butcher this. And again, I apologize for my Southern Indiana accent and lack of being able to pronunciate or enunciate some of uh, some words. That just happens. Uh, Escambia County, Florida, Supervisor of Elections David Stafford. And members of the Election Infrastructure Security, or excuse me, Election Infrastructure Sector Coordinating Council, SCC. A lot of acronyms, a lot of words that tie your tongue up. <laughs> Chair Brian Hancock, uh, he's from UNICEF Voting Solutions and Vice Chair Sam Derheimer. And of course, I can get that because it's a nice German name um, from Heart <laughs> Inner Civic. Chris. Uh, Washington Election Systems and Software, Erica Haas, Electronic Registration Information Center, and Maria Bianchi, Democracy Works, and they released the following statement. A lot of people on that that had their names on this thing. Anyway, quote, the November 3rd election was the most secure in American history. Right now, across the country, election officials are reviewing and double-checking the entire election process prior to finalizing the results when again quote when states have closed elections many will recount ballots all of the states will close results in the 2020 presidential race have paper records of each vote allowing the ability to go back and count each ballot if necessary this is an added benefit for security and resilience The process allows for the identification and correction of any mistakes or errors. In bold, there is no evidence that any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes, or was in any way compromised. Again, continuing the quote, other security measures like pre-election testing, state certification of voting equipment, and the U.S. Election Assistance Commission certification of voting equipment help build additional confidence in the voting systems used in 2020. Quote, while we know there are many unfounded claims of opportunities for misinformation about the process of our elections, we can ensure you we have the utmost confidence in the security and integrity of our elections. And you should too. When you have questions, turn to election officials as trusted voices as they administer elections. Yeah, we we'll just leave it at that. I mean, fairly uh, short press release by many standards. Uh, let's, let's let's move on uh, to the Fox fifty nine coverage of this. I've got a short video here that I will play right now. Fight some conspiracy theories. Cybersecurity experts at the Department of Homeland Security saying. There is no evidence the November 3rd presidential election was compromised. In fact, they say it was the most secure election in American history. Their statement echoes reports from federal and state officials who have maintained they have no evidence votes were compromised or altered. They talk about these unfounded claims and opportunities for misinformation about the process. Now, while these systems themselves, I believe, are secure having studied this in the 2016 election and i've talked about this previously so we'll go over those details again at least here in indiana i I say that is pretty accurate there's a lot of redundancies for not only the candidates but the officials to see the votes And, and just even getting to the machines and getting to enough machines To change election results is very difficult. Now, could it be done? Uh, Yeah, it it could be done. But again, I think it's very, very, very difficult. Now, the concern is not really a cybersecurity concern as what they're trying to make it be. You know, they talk about the process. And if you think that there is not fraud (laughs) happening out there, I'm sorry, you're just completely wrong. There's fraud in everything that we do, in every aspect of our life. Trust me, it happens. I've been on the victim end of fraud. It happens. It happens with the federal government all the time. Social security fraud, the unemployment fraud because of the CARES Act. It happens. And to say it doesn't happen in our elections, you either are blatantly ignorant of the facts or you just refuse to <laughs> to really come to terms with reality. Now, I will admit, is there enough fraud that had happened in any election to really change a result of any one particular you know, race, whether it's the presidential all the way down to local race? I don't know. It does happen. I've covered stories. There's been stories here in Indiana about the FBI, state police arresting folks for voter fraud. It happens. And this political maneuvering, which I I really do think some of this is that political maneuvering, really does sicken me. In fact, we should, when there is a challenge, we should want that scrutiny. We should want these recounts. That That transparency of how that process works is what builds trust. Not taking some bureaucratic officials or people who have a financial motive to want these systems to be out there in the first place, take their word for it. The only way to trust the process is to have the process be transparent. And when there are issues, not to slander or I mean the very legal term slander or call people stupid or call them conspiracy theorists demeaning them and bullying them into submission we should say all right yeah we got nothing to hide here recount it look at our systems look at the votes that will again instill the trust but I digress quite a bit and the same things with the 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 technology you know it it I'm glad these people are up here and they're probably all they were in their suits and and in dress clothes and hey look at us we're we're unified having just having these people say it is secure and our systems are secure is not enough. I'm sorry we the transparency, the ability for people to raise their concerns and have them heard and and have that scrutiny is what will build that trust into the election systems. Now, again, there were concern about the Russian interference from 2016. Now, all of a sudden, it seems to have disappeared because uh, those in the tech industry and in big tech tend to be more liberal. And that may be just my opinion, but I, I think that is very true. And if you want to call me out on it, call me out on it. I've got a Facebook page, I've got Twitter. I have no problem. Let's have a civil discussion. You know, this is just my interpretation of the facts, and that's that's okay if I am wrong. But let's have that conversation again. You can find me on Facebook at the underscore polititech. That's my personal page, or you can find me in the show's page at Cyberbytes Pod on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, all, all the the normal places the cool kids are at. But anyway. As a cybersecurity professional, I'll leave that designation of expert to other people to make. Having a discussion, and, and also even from a security research standpoint, having these companies be open, it can be done confidentially under NDA. I don't care; it doesn't matter. I think there is something about having security built in, and not, you know, even from proprietary standards of of intellectual property and stuff like that that source codes and that type of thing doesn't necessarily need to be out for public purview. Also can make it easier for the bad guys to, to come up with cool and innovative attacks. I say cool because at least the process of doing it that anyway, we need to get our hands on it. We need them to be transparent about the vulnerabilities that exist and they can be transparent with the, the state officials and they should be transparent about us and, I'm sorry. Oh, we we can't be hacked. Our systems are 100% secure. I'm going to call 100% BS on any company that says that. Defensive depth, excuse me, defense in depth, transparency, working with academia and other security researchers whether private or they're part of other companies, this builds trust saying trust me i'm from the government i'm here to help honestly to me doesn't instill trust words along with actions and having those actions match the words that you say helps build trust and okay so uh <laughs> kind of went off the rails there with that uh, you know and I, I, we need this and then i'm the issues from the through the wires attacks i we need to make sure that the systems are safe, that whether the Chinese, Russians, Iranians, whomever want to attack these systems don't have the ability to attack them. The isolation, decentralization, I think are all strengths. And I've said this over and over over again. I do feel like a broken record at some times, but I think it is worth you know, reiterating when we have this conversation. But even as I'm, you know, scrolling through this article from Fox Fifty Nine and Chris Krebs, who's the CISA director, again, America, we have confidence in the security of your vote. You should too. just because right now there may be no evidence doesn't mean we shouldn't look for it. Or if there are even hints of improprietary actions or malicious actions, we should. Look at it. We should investigate them. Transparency, transparency, transparency it is really one of the things. Again, trust, trust, trust is not built by words alone. It is built by actions. And again, we shouldn't just dismiss. And these people may be crazy. There are some hardcore Trump supporters out there, and that are Looney Tunes. Don't get me wrong. But the same can be said about the hardcore Biden supporters. But just. Dismissing only adds fuel to their fire. Though, a you know, case could be made that no amount of evidence could help satiate their conspiracy theorist ways. But for the, the the sane folks, you know, enough evidence is presented that it's not there. Then great. But I think for the way our way of life, our way of government it isn't just taking our political leaders words for it they weren't for us for god's sake they should welcome the transparency anyway um that <laughs> kind of leads me to this this other topic of you know disinformation and and conspiracy theories, and and as I was searching for some related articles, again I like to have a couple, three, four different things. Just you know, as I'm researching, again not just taking one news source for it, looking for the, the close to the the truth of information as I can. I came across this CISA rumor versus reality page rumor control and there's just something about this that doesn't quite sit well and this issue was also brought up a little bit here in indiana with our own indiana department of homeland security and you know they're the isd or excuse me idhs executive director on a press conference about his folks looking at social media for rumors and stuff like that. And this gets a little bit 1984-ish for me when I, you know, look at this, you know, disinformation or, you know, this rumor control as there. It seems (laughs) that they have tagged this and, you know, I haven't really, really dug into it. And, And I get that there is a lot of, worry about Russian disinformation. And again as I mentioned about agents of chaos, it is real and it is scary about their capabilities. And more so about our as a country our willingness and how easy we have fallen into this disinformation. But that goes into, you know, really what is the the roles and responsibilities of the federal government or even our state government about squashing rumors, because there's a difference between rumor, disinformation, and reality, in my opinion. A rumor is a rumor. Granted, it could have bits of factual information, bits of disinformation or misinformation, but it's still free and protected speech. To my knowledge, unless you are slandering somebody, then there's very, very few Well, it's more than it probably should be in some cases, but our ability to speak falsehoods, and could be completely false, is protected, mostly. Again, there's certain exceptions to it, and that's a conversation for a different show, but should we really be trusting our government with (laughs) controlling rumors? Again, just kind of bring this back to the show the disinformation piece and information warfare does solely, you know, does I won't say solely, but does cross into the cybersecurity realm. So that's why I'm talking about it. That and I find it interesting. But this video from CISA director Brian, excuse me, Chris Krebs, Brian Krebs is a whole nother person, but we have here this message from CISA director. Chris Krebs that I'm going to play for you in parts here. It's about a three minute video. We'll break it up here in a couple of different segments, but I'm going to play start it and then, you know, commentate through it as, as we go through. So here we go.
1: Hi, I'm Chris Krebs with the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. For the last several years, we've been working with election officials across the country to ensure that the 2020 election is as secure as possible. We're now in the final stretch of the election and tens of millions of voters have already cast their votes free from foreign interference. We remain confident that no foreign cyber actor can change your vote. And we still believe that it would be incredibly difficult for them to change the outcome of an election at the national level. But that doesn't mean various actors won't try to introduce chaos in our elections and make sensational claims that overstate their capabilities. In fact, the days and weeks just before and after election day are the perfect time for our adversaries to launch efforts intended to undermine your confidence in the integrity of the electoral process
0: so I'm going to stop it right there and again there's really good example of what Russia did in the Ukraine after their election a few years ago where they actually hacked the system I talked about it maybe on the last episode as I was talking about agents of chaos where they had shown that the really fascist person, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but that candidate had won the election when he actually hadn't. So that is the type of, of activity post-election that Chris is referring to. And again, I agree with him that it's very, very difficult. And I am—I came to that conclusion long before Chris was even the director of CISA, But From and and I I think where he may be including and again I'm I'm speculating here and if I'm putting words into his mouth I apologize, but my interpretation of what he's saying there is that a direct cyber attack you know through the wires type of cyber attack is difficult that I agree. However, on the different disinformation side of things, uh, it's to me the more plausible route to show hey. This person won, or even influence you know, through bots of, "Hey, Biden won this state, or Trump won this state, or Trump to create create and so that discord has happened, and it may not be the direct goal or mission for one of our adversaries to change the outcome or sway you from." You know, voting for Trump if you were a Biden supporter or sway you from Biden or excuse me, sway you from Biden to vote Trump and vice versa. But just the distrust that sowed may be enough. That may be their objective. And so I get why they come out with these videos in these press conferences to help. Oh, well, it's not it's not bad. You can trust us. You can trust the process. When it comes down to here, should DHS or CISA at the federal level, or you know your state Department of Homeland Security, be focusing on squashing rumors? Uh, my opinion, no. But here, let's let's see what else Mr. Krebs has to say.
1: Cyber actors can do this by taking advantage of the fact that sometimes it's not clear how technology is used. For starters. Election officials use computers to improve both your ability to vote and the accuracy of the vote itself. But in doing so, election officials understand that these systems aren't perfect and sometimes things break, malfunction, or could even be hacked. The election experience is designed to ensure that technology is not a single point of failure and there are measures in place to ensure that you can vote and your vote is counted correctly. You should have confidence in the integrity of the process And don't overreact to claims that exaggerate attempts along these lines, CISA and the FBI recently released a series of public service announcements describing some of the tactics the bad guys might use, the security measures in place to stop them, and the steps you can take to spot and stop foreign influence. We've also posted our election security rumor control page. You can find that at cisa.gov slash rumor control. We cover a variety of scenarios to help you, as an informed voter, distinguish between rumors and facts on election security issues. A few things you can do. First, so let me stop it right there. And again, I
0: I touched on this earlier. A rumor is a form of disinformation or misinformation. I get that. (laughs) But I I think we start getting into some very troublesome waters here when the federal government comes out and says we're going to stop rumors rumors happen and where the, the real kind of crazy dystopian you know 1984 type of stuff comes into to play here is when you as an individual only go to one source of information on to determine what's rumor versus reality and where it it really does get into a form of propaganda by our own government, and that may be kind of radical type of, of viewpoint, and I get that. And for those of you who've listened to this, know that I, I am very much a small government person. I, I very much a constitutionalist. The, the federal government, state governments, should only be doing what they are constitutionally authorized. What and that means those powers directly enumerated in the constitution those things that are not enumerated fall to the state i just think we start getting into a dangerous place with this rumor control i i I do i don't think it's ceases job or the federal government's job to squash rumors yes we need the federal government to be a trusted source i i do admit that but it's not the only source the information they put up needs to be factually accurate, plain and simple. But you know, it, it gets dangerous when they, when there are claims to say, you know, I'm from President Trump directly, that there is possible election fraud, and then to have the federal, oh no, no, there there's no fraud. And I think even just the the wording, reality versus rumor, it. It could have been better done. Fact versus some other, you know, unfact or not reality. (laughs) I, You know, right now on the spot, I'm having a hard time coming up with the right adjectives or or descriptors or the right, you know, synonym or antonym, I should say for for reality. Um, False, you know, true, false statements. Something real simple. And, And looking at, you know, underneath the video here, it says new, you know, green check, reality, robust safeguards include canvassing and auditing procedures, help ensure the accuracy of official election results. Yeah, you know, pretty good with that. And then big red X rumor a bad actor could change election results without detection. I, no, that to me, that's not a necessarily rumor. That is a, maybe a false statement. Let's call it true statement, false statement, something along those lines, not reality or rumor. And, you know, and at what scale are we talking about national, like he mentioned, or at a local level? I don't know. To say it is absolutely impossible for them to go undetected, you know, that that, that could be absolutely 100% the case. But as I've seen in my own, you know, day job, bad guy these hack, hackers, bad actors, do go a long time without being detected in systems. The the time to detect is pretty high. So I, I again, I just I, I as I kind of walking through this as I'm you know recording the episode because you know I found this as I was looking for other information, other sources, and so the the processing of this is, is kind of going on right now. So I'm talking through it. So I, I apologize if it seems like I'm I've been mumbling, which I have been mumbling a little bit, but I, this is how my brain works. Uh, you know, initially, I just, there's something about this that I don't like. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I'll shut up there and, and let's finish out the
1: video clip. Look for trusted sources of information, like election officials. Second, only share those trusted sources of information. And third, discourage others from sharing sensational information but unverified information. The last line of defense in election security is you, the American voter. So be prepared for efforts that call into question the legitimacy of the election. I'm confident that American voters are gonna decide the 2020 election, and you should be too. So get out there and vote with confidence and help us protect 2020.
0: Yeah, as, as I, I stated a couple times already, this accept without any hesitation the the results or you know do not question citizen you know just shut up and 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 accept everything it really does kind of go against what they're saying here is you need to question you know things that seem sensational, but you know the you have to accept with one hundred percent certainty that our elections are safe and secure that they're completely invulnerable to attack or compromise. I see, to me, I, that seems a little bit kind of like double talk, it's speaking out both sides of your mouth. I also get that this part of what the federal government does. Oh, nothing to worry about here, people. Nothing, just go home, nothing to see, nothing to worry about. Trust us. Again, and you need to even be somewhat hesitant and in, in not just except what things are. I mean, you, I'll question everything. Verify for yourself. That even includes information for me. Don't just take my word for it. Go out and find other sources. The, again, this is an opinionated show. I do try to do my best and, and find all the facts that I can. But at the end of the day, it is up to you. It's up to me it, as an individual to verify and, and do the, the, the research and, and Sort and not just take one person's opinion. we'll get the facts for yourself. It is okay, excuse me, it is okay to question the results. It was a contentious presidential election. A lot of shady business happened, but shut up and take your medicine is not a message that I think we should be accepting from our government or people who have again, a huge financial stake in this election. And don't get me started on the whole money. And if you don't think that there's not money behind these elections, you're sorely mistaken. Elections are big business for TV stations, you know, media, for the campaigns, lots and lots of money in elections. Trust for verify. And I am way over my time. The one thing that I'll probably talk about here in the next episode Uh, It's been a busy couple weeks for healthcare and and the public health sector as well. It's made my life (laughs) pretty chaotic here over the last couple weeks. Uh, There was a ransomware alert that went out from CISA, the FBI, about some targeted attacks to the healthcare sector. And given the timing of, of the elections and some additional sensitivity, around potential cyber threats it, it it was like i said pretty busy uh, <laughs> but i'll go into what those threats are here over the next episode we'll see how this um plays out but yeah it, it it was a busy week part of the reason why i wasn't able to get a episode out last friday when i wanted to just did not have time i was jam-packed busy but anyway I think I will end it there. We're, you know, way over what I normally like to do here with this episode, but lots to talk about with the election and election securities. I will have all the links to the media sources and CISA and the videos that I you know I played here uh, during this episode available in the show notes. And with that said, I really, really thank you guys for listening to this show. Hopefully, you're learning and finding it a little bit entertaining. And like I said, you know, I haven't really. I've started to do this a little bit more uh, now. But if you do like the show, please share this with a friend. Leave me a comment on Facebook, on Twitter, on Apple uh, Podcast. I'm on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio even Amazon. So you can find this show anywhere. Please share it anywhere and everywhere that you can. I I really appreciate you guys who listen to this show. It means a lot. You guys have a great rest of the week, weekend. Be cyber smart and be cyber safe. We'll talk to you soon.